Welcome to Ah oh, Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. And you know what? We're going to try to just get past all the normal top of show banter <laughs> yeah. because we got to get right into this final chapter, chapter five of the Plague of Frogs. We've been hanging over a cliff for this whole time, so we got to hurry up and like figure out what the hell's going on because yeah. where we left off. Shit was real bleak. The forest was burning. Johan was in a dead dog. Uh, Kate and Liz were watching as uh, Abe Sapien. Sapien bleeds out on the forest floor. And in Abe's mind, he's sinking lower and lower into this water. And then the cover of the fifth edition has Abe in this like blue, surrounded by this blue, sinking into the water with the spear. Uh, through him and then some mysterious gentleman looking at a glowing something or other. So let's figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, some early American men. Yeah, some like Victorian looking kind of uh Is that uh, Victorian suit, era like when guys. Abe Sabian or not when Abe Sabian when uh Abraham Lincoln was alive? What is that era called of the the Civil War era? Early America, early twentieth. Is that twentieth century? The Victorian era was from eighteen thirty-seven to nineteen oh one. He died in eighteen sixty-five. Yes, so that's like right in there. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so some Victorian fellows. Yeah, so we leave. We left off with the fire. Like the fire had spread. Everything is, you know, still looking like Armageddon-y. There is the one final bong from the church bell before everything is just engulfed in flames. This really crazy, like gnarly metal cover of Johan speaking from this fucking decimated dog. He's gone saying that about Abe. And Ugh. then finally reinforcements coming in BPRD, but so Abe many helicopters. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's good though, because this is, yeah. this town's, screwed yeah johan tried to bring him back he couldn't do it and they're just kind of doing that thing of when somebody dies in a movie where they're just shaking them and trying to wake them up and and johan's dog form is just saying i'm yeah, sorry i am sorry he tried <laughs> he did meanwhile mentally or on another plane or yeah. somewhere abe is falling falling like in his dream and then all of a sudden he is floating towards this giant structure this like crazy green glowing temple underwater. Yeah, this underwater temple. There's like little uh, schools of fish seeming to like swim around, and then he floats towards this glowing entity, this kind of underwater creature, this being. Yeah, it's almost like a combination. I would I would say if I was trying to describe it to somebody, it's like. Yeah, it has elements of jellyfish, but yeah. also elements of H.P. Lovecraftian, like Cthulhu stuff. Like in a sense, yeah. it's like a mix of the designs for subdue him that we've seen so far, and the dragons. Yeah, plus like, now it looks like it has a jellyfish internal kind of tentacles. It looks like a also like a coral kind of a creature. Like mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's crazy looking, and it's just kind of floating there. Uh, you don't know if it's peaceful or menacing or what. And Abe's just like looking on at it. In complete awe. Yeah, his eyes are almost just like... Yeah, they're just lit up white, white watching yeah. it. And then it starts to kind of fold in on itself. And yeah. as that happens, in the background, we see like the temple goes from like having these seeming like ornate kind of patterns on the columns or whatever's behind there 
into like sort of like pockmarked, like crustacean riddled barnacles. Sort of, yeah, like barnacles everywhere. And it's all like grown over now. So seemingly a bunch of time has passed from when he first swam into this area to right now. He's like looking at the like kind of cocoon that this thing encased itself in. And then there's some light shining behind him. He turns to look and it's a diver, like an old timey diving suit with like all of these crazy little portholes in the helmet. Like those yeah, are such a so rad cool design. looking. I love it. <laughs> and you see like a guy approaches the cocoon, he carefully chips it away, takes it with him to this like bonkers fucking steampunk looking submarine. Yeah, it's very to me. Uh, it reminds me of Two Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah, oh yeah. Very Captain Nemo. Is twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. What I did think. I say? Two thousand. Yeah, yeah. Only two thousand. First leagues. part of the book. Barely, barely into the <laughs> a sea. Tenth of the way in. <laughs> yeah, twenty thousand leagues under the sea. You are <laughs> I correct, think, right? Kate. No, you are a hundred percent correct. Uh, I just think small numbers are bigger. That's okay. <laughs> Jessica does that all the time. Like she'll be like, "Wow, that's five hundred dollars," and I'm like, five thousand dollars? You mean like I just like about anything? You know, <laughs> like yeah. But I think it's Captain Nemo, right? I From think that? so. Yeah, I've um, honestly never read it. I've seen like clips of the movies with like the cool squid on the like yeah Kirk on Douglas. the kind of windows. Not yeah, Kirk. Yeah, Kirk Douglas. I mean, um, that'll be homework. I'll have to watch that. It's actually a fun like old Disney movie. I think it's worthwhile to watch. Yeah, totally. Inter- very interesting. I'll totally check that shit out. I mean, if it looks early like this, special this effects crazy. too. You know? I love that dude. That's really fun. Yeah, and he's a crazy character. But yeah. back to the submarine <laughs> that's back in to this, this story. Submarine. So yeah, it's like I love this sort of like UFO like kind of beam of light that's falling down onto the the floor of the ocean. Mm-hmm. So this diver like approaches it and uh, presumably gets inside. Abe's kind of watching from far away. And then it kind of like lurches slowly into the distance. I get, well, I get that sense, you know, that it's yeah, like it's definitely. slowly kind of spinning off and driving away. And then Abe's like encased in blackness. And then all of a sudden the blackness opens up to this hallway. And now he's like, so this is like, to me, in my mind, like a either a dream or like a trance that he's in or something. Cause he's yeah. got like, that's a very dreamlike Possibly thing to go from place to place. Down the line. Well, yeah. when we get, but we'll right sit. now, if you're just like reading That's it for the, the first impression. time, you're like, what is like, yeah, it feels right. Like is this like the kind is of, is it thing a memory? Is it a, is it, is it just mental or is it like, you like hear about people before. like hallucinating when they're like near death or something. Yes. So it's like, oh, what's this? Is this like all in his mind or this is something that he's experienced and doesn't remember Yeah, or what? You don't know what the hell is going on. You really don't. And it's all silent, which I i mean, I love that we have yet to have any dialogue yeah. since we've now been present with Abe. It's, it's so yeah, super powerful. And then, yeah, so he's and then he's continuing to walk down this hallway. By the way, I love how the hallway appears empty. Then he is in the next panel. So it does yes. give you that like very... It's being very clear that that something supernatural is happening just yeah, like in the he's simplicity appearing of all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden he is either walked into a more populated area of the hallway or it's another thing of like all of a sudden there's people around. Yeah. And then as he's looking out the window, he sees this storm, this lightning bolt crash down and then frogs coming down, plague of frogs Whoa. Um, raining down and everybody like running for cover and they're like clipping against the windows and just filling up the hallways and stuff like that. And one frog leads us down to this open door. And I also think this gives our first clue of where we are. 
Yeah. Because if you're paying, like, I bet in a first read, you might not be paying attention to all the details, which I love about a story like this, where like all the details are there. Yeah. But sometimes your first view of viewing of it, you're like, or read of it, you're like, oh, that was great. But then you go back and you're like, oh, the clues are there without them saying. Is yeah. it, we know where he was found, right? Originally, yeah, which yeah. was St. Trinian's Hospital. But then all these people are in white coats. There's a nurse. It's like, yeah, okay, doctors, yeah. where are we? There's our first little clue. It's cool. And then like in this office, there are sort of like medical, there's like a medical skeleton yeah. and like a dissected part of the head showing you the brain and like jars of this and that. And Abe goes to reach for a book, but he's in this like spirit form. So he goes right through the bookcase and is kind of like, uh, okay, continues through and finds himself at the top of a, like a, a set of stairs, goes down into this huge open room that has like kind of like little chambers for who knows what. Yeah. Very familiar looking chamber. You know what I mean? Yep, exactly. Um, We've seen these, these. The same kind of like Luke. After he fights a, like, uh, <laughs> after he gets his hand cut off, yeah, yeah, or no, after or, the tauntaun, uh, yeah, the wampa, after the wampa. he has the encounter with the wampa, and then they put him in the tank to yeah, heal, he's floating in there, yeah, it's two as of well those. <laughs> Abe has one in the movie, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, it's like, oh, what are we, what are we gonna see here? What are we gonna see? And he like continues walking, just kind of vanishes through this doorway, and he sees a room with these five guys, four of them are sitting down writing wildly. Um, just like the little sound effects are like, you kind of get the impression that they're like moving super quickly, writing, writing frantically. And it's in this kind of like, it looks like kind of like a Dr. Broomy kind of a vibe. You know what I mean? It's like little artifacts are everywhere. We see like a little squid hanging above the doorway and like a little model of the The submarine submarine that we saw and all this cool shit. I love the painting too in the back. That's like behind the man standing. Yeah. The painting looks looks again, like another like Cthulhu esque, but like you get the sense that hands and feet though. And it 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 looks underwater though. Yeah. It's definitely like, it looks like an underwater, like deity or something like that. And like, it, like a cross between like the thing that we saw, like jellyfish kind of thing that we saw and like a, one of the demons from the like Ars Goeta or whatever. Yes. Yes. You know, it, like that's what it made me think of. I was like, oh, they're maybe they were like trying to summon something and they have the little cocoon yes, here uh, with them. So like, of course, these are the guys who went down or, you know, paid those guys to go down and re- like retrieve this little cocoon. I would assume it's them themselves, yeah. but just with all the equipment that they've been, they have, it feels like they're doing a seance of some sort. They seem yes. to be like, that's what the scratching is. It's like, they seem to be pos- like in a, in a, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not possessed themselves, but they're like in a state. Yeah. Like, like doing like this sort of ritual. Cause they all at the same time s- suddenly stop and their push their papers all forward. Yeah. And this guy standing, seeming to like be leading the thing, picks up the cocoon. He starts chanting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. He's like chanting away. Very similar to some language that we've heard. You're waking it up. Yeah, it's sort of like that same kind of like demonic deep speak, but it's like a little different, it looks like. For it's sure. Like it's definitely it's a variation. Yeah. yeah. 
And um, yeah, but whatever it is, it's something ancient. And he's reciting it and then kind of like nothing's happening for a second. But then it like turns from this kind of blue glowing cocoon into this hard like rock looking kind of a like texture. Which is interesting to that right before it changes as it's glowing, when they awaken, they're very surprised about what's been taking place. Yeah. Right after these in these top panels. From the glo- from the weird color, and then yeah, like, might they have been in a trance or something? Yes, like this main trance this, was like, the word I couldn't guy. think of earlier. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they they they're like, huh? What? Like they seem to be coming out of it, and then when they see what he's holding, they're like, put it down, like call, call. yeah, call, put it down, you fool. Good lord, put it down, man. And like it cracks open. It looks like super brittle and fragile, and the thing inside just kind of dissipates and turns to this this like fine dust and vanishes through his hands and he's like oh no uh you know yeah it's like a brief vision of the creature we saw prior that abe like saw as well and that in the dust but then it it disappears very quickly yeah like right away god save me and then all of a sudden call can see abe abe like looks to him, I guess, like kind of glowing in the same way that maybe this like cocoon was glowing. Yeah. Nobody else can see him. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and they're all like, oh, you can't you see the spirit? He's come for me. Uh, it's because of what I've done. And like Abe is just approaching him and then walks into him in the same kind of way that he walked like through the door. But he seems to like then he seems to like stop and morph with this guy like like form and you know fuse with him yeah it's very like interesting because he's he's fusing with him but he's also telling them like it's because of what i've done you gentlemen you save yourselves pursue these matters no further so it's yeah. like he's saying uh-oh well we we've in a sense we tinkered with something that we shouldn't have yeah like beyond what we understand and like yeah whatever it was he was trying to accomplish this doesn't seem to be it yeah and yeah, Abe morphs with him, and then we hear the gentleman like gathered around him talking, like, "What's happening? Oh my God, his skin, his eyes, oh water. Let's get him into water. Good Lord!" And you kind of just see these shadowy figures moving around, and then you hear them talking about how Abe Lincoln has been shot, and they like are just kind of saying like just these little like glimpses of consciousness that Abe slash Call is having right yeah. now of like we got to leave him. We'll we'll get him when it's safe. We'll come back for him. And then Abe is kind of like coming back into consciousness now. And the shadowy figures have turned into the members of the BPRD. Yeah. Instead of these Victorian guys. And he's like, what, what am I asking them? And that Kate's like, he's delirious. Like thinking, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're that just he's almost just died. out of it instead <laughs> of like seeing a vision of probably how he came to be. Well, yeah. How he came to be in yeah. the hospital there in that tube. Then we see like the BPRD trying to wrangle up some of these frogmen. It's like, some of them are getting away. It's a madhouse. They're like, yeah, a I love that one bunch fr- of grease pigs. It's crazy. Just and then them saying son of a, yeah, yeah like it's son just, of a, they're trying to <laughs> wrangle them up. I just watched uh, tremors. Jess had never seen it. So we rewatched <laughs> Such a fun it watch. and I didn't remember how often Kevin Bacon says son of a bitch. He says it like 12 times. I'm not exaggerating. Like son of a bitch. Like constantly. I love that. It's a very great movie. Uh, Jessica loved it. Yeah. So it's very much like that. Uh, <laughs> they're just this trying is, yeah, to wrangle This is a very Tremors moment. Very Tremors moment for the They don't, they don't the try BPRD. to wrangle a Tremor. You got to kill a tr- Tremor yeah. oh, or whatever yeah. those damn things. You got to blast them with a 
fucking AK-47 or something. Yeah, elephant gun. Yeah, elephant <laughs> gun. Yeah, very good. <laughs> and then Ro- Abe's so sweet. He's like, Roger, where's Roger? Did you find him? And then you, we see him. He's still hanging there. BPRD gives him a little uh, jump with the battery, <laughs> you know? And then I like that they installed a little like thing that just has two yeah, plugs. There's like a plug. Yeah. It's like, okay, now he's like, <laughs> he's like a universal plug now. And they zap him and he, you okay, buddy? Yes. <laughs> like, he's so confused. Like, like, what happened? <laughs> Kate, we got him. He's okay. <laughs> I love the smile on that BPRD agent. <laughs> yeah. He's okay. Like they did it. They're like, finally, some good news out of this shitty ass day. Johan's still here in dog form. Yeah, I love that. That's like his vessel until he gets back to, he's probably a stinky dead dog. Yeah, until he gets a new suit. And then he's only sleeping. And then Abe is still hearing in his head when it's safe. We'll come for him as the bells continue to like do their like last ring. And then it cuts to the shot of him in this like destroyed lab hospital area with one of those tubes. And the end, man. That's the end. So it's crazy. I love this so much. It's really cool. And I'm shocked that I just like doing reading this for the podcast is the first time I've read this because like, I think I must have just read about Abe's knowing a little bit about his past, his past, but not enough. Like most probably listeners have read every page, Yeah. but this is fascinating. And what a great, Oh my gosh, what a great like little offering it gives us. Cause it's not everything. Right. It's only right. enough to be like, okay, we have enough to be like, we're starting to piece it together along with Abe, Yeah. but we don't have the full story yet. And it's just a cool way to keep, to maintain that mystery you know, for, for the readers and for the character, like he, like, you know, um, Liz was like, Oh, we know all of our stories, but we don't know yours. Well, it's like Abe doesn't even really know his story. And he's sort of like seeing this unfold, like figuring it out. Like to me, it seems like he didn't know any of this really. Yeah. This doesn't seem like a memory or if it is, it's like repressed very, very deep to the point where he, you know, it like didn't make its way out until he was like in this crazy state. Yeah. And it's also implying that, I mean, there's two people. He's, two, yeah, of, he's, he's of two he's people. What two am people. I? Yeah. Cause if he's, if in a sense, if he's this call guy and then a, but they seem to be almost separate consciousnesses. Yeah. But then in this moment they're, far, they're fusing together. So is that actually a representation? There's so much that's on the table. That I think it's interesting because it's either is Cole become Abe is Abe Cole or is now in this moment of bef- prior to his death. Have they now finally fused together? It's like a and weird so the time mystery- travel loopy kind of thing too. Very it's Dr. Like, Carp. If I never, went back there would I exist in the first place like it's really now we're getting into some trippy areas I love it I love that trippy area and also one of the little fun little like things and I love all the little clues just in the flat in him visiting this old period I love how quiet it is really neat I love that it just lets you visually take everything in versus any dialogue because all the frog stuff the plague with the clues of it being at a hospital the tubes of course leading up towards it but then one of the coolest ones I thought which made it very interesting and implies that if he is, if Abe Saban was call and so forth, yeah, he wasn't a good person in some sense historically, because they say in this little dialogue when he's blacking out, they say they have killed Lincoln. No, Booth and Harold. If they are taken alive, if they talk, ellipses, Corbett, we cannot risk 
we have to go now. What about call? We can't leave him still the room. So additional to like this, whatever occult thing they're doing down there, right? It's implying to me, and I might be wrong, but what I've been getting is that these guys are part of the conspirators to kill Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. That makes Cole, who who possibly is fused with Abe or was Abe at one point, is not a good person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah, very fascinating. Yeah, knows them. Or these guys were like maybe involved in this secret organization kind of a thing. Yeah. Like him or his cohorts. Yeah. It's very fascinating. Just the little breadcrumbs that we have gotten off of this final chapter in this, this story about just simply Abe. It's, it's exciting and fascinating. It's just cool. Like the idea of like secret societies is neat. hundred percent. It's yeah. It scares us. And also we want, it's like intriguing and you want to be like, Oh, well what mysteries have you guys cracked that, you know, the rest of the populace doesn't know or whatever. Yeah. It's really cool. I agree. Um, to add to that, I think there's a lot of, I won't read all of it, but I want to read two little sections from the afterward. That's part of the, yeah. um, the collection of the BPR plague of frogs. One, this is from Mike Mignola. He says the secret origin of Abe Sabian over the years. I've toyed with the idea of working Abe's origin into a story. The trouble was I sort of liked Abe not having an origin. I loved that he was just discovered in a jar in the basement, but I also loved the origin I'd come up with and knew it added a new dimension to the character. And when I found a way for Abe to not only witness his origin, but actually participate in it, when I saw that by solving one mystery, we actually presented an even bigger one, then I knew it was okay to finally tell tell the tale. But who do you get to draw something like that? And this is where he goes on to just praise Guy Davis, which... Yeah. I could go on on like how much in these five-ish. I mean, I already was convinced with Dark Waters, but in these, he even sealed it more for me of like, you're the perfect man to be doing BPRD. Yeah, he's awesome. It's amazing. And he says, what he does say um, about this, he calls him the the best creature guy, which is very cool. That's very nice, yeah. Um, And he also says that, Look, little fun fact is that apparently he came up with the origin uh, or for the ending of Plague of Frogs. He came up with while sweating and hallucinating deprived from all human contact um, when he was in Prague filming Hellboy <laughs> the movie. He got super fucking sick and then used that sick time to, and then developed this ending. <laughs> he's productive even when he's sick as hell. Oh, yeah. God damn it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all I do is fucking zomp out. <laughs> Just dick sleep. around. <laughs> play video games. But wow, any final thoughts, favorite panels, dialogue, anything that stands out? There are a couple. If you go into the back two, there are also the sketches. Yes. Pretty much of like everything, but it includes the early, quote, jellyfish designs for the entity from chapter five. The final. Oh, I didn't really realize that either. The final version opposite incorporated some of Abe's design markings and gills. Yeah. So there's like it is like this thing plus a man plus call. Yeah. Which makes it very cool that it's more Abe's mom. It says Abe's mom. Yeah. Which is very fascinating because now it makes Abe, because I think when we first meet Abe, from just a comic book fan, when you first pick up Hellboy, and you could correct me if you thought this, Kate, or not, but you think, oh, he's like a mutant, or he was like scientifically infused, right? Like people tinkered with his DNA with a fish and so forth. Yeah. I think that's the classic tale that most comic book origins have, right? What I like to find out is that now we have more of a mystical origin you know what I mean? His yeah. fusion, if if well, once we start to fill in more of that, what we've been given, it feels very 
mystical and magical and supernatural. And I think that just adds, as Mignola said, it just creates bigger, bigger mystery. And I love that idea. Yeah. It's not like you're revealing, like you're revealing just enough to keep being like, well, shit, now I got to figure out what's going on with this. (laughs) Yeah. It's really cool. Oh, and it's just in it. And it's like the kind of thing that's like, some of it's like, Oh, it'll never be explained. It's lost to time, which is like true to the world. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it's like, we'll just never know. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. You might not. Yeah. But I do love that. Oh God. I really am like blown away by the, him choosing something that's a little more uh, otherworldly as an origin versus just a classical, like I'm a mutant or I'm, yeah, I'm a fish man, like in the made in the classic sense. And again, it's like, it reminds me of like, you've been doing this from page one of Hellboy subverting me and, and yeah. surprising me every step of the way. Yeah. Which I love. So cool. I mean, Mr. Mignola, you got me again. <laughs> yeah, and this is, <laughs> this is like 2004. We've been reading this since 1994 and 10 years later. And it's still like re- revealing stuff. That's yeah. like awesome about the main characters too. Yeah. Wow. It's cool. Wow. I like it. I Do you really have a favorite? Like it too. Favorite, I would say, I'll have to give, I'm going to give three favorites because I feel like this one, because overall, I just think the choice to make such a large section of it silent is brilliant to me. Yeah. I think, I think that that is under silence in a lot of mediums is underappreciated. You know what I mean? Like in film, when they, when they pull the silence out, um, there's a I think it's underappreciated a lot of times. It always fascinates us when they do it, especially in big blockbuster movies. Yeah. Like Last Jedi a couple of years ago when they like, in the moment where they, uh, they the send ship. the cruiser goes through yeah, the, dude. I can't remember what the big ship that Snoke's in is called anymore. Yeah. But that, the pulling the sound out of that. Yeah, like it's black like, and white shot. Yes. Right? Where it's yeah, like just, so cool. everything just gets sucked out of it. And it's, yeah. the sound is perfect in that. I remember, um, so, in Fallout, most recent Mission Impossible movie, yeah. there's a section where this was fascinating to me and I had forgotten about it. And then when I listened to the commentary, it reminded me of it. There's a moment after the the chase in uh, France, in Paris, yeah. when he finally makes it to the boat and they have the bad guy. The director made the, 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 the choice to like, he just pulls all the sand out. All there is there is score for this this moment right before they're leading up to get into the car before the cop catches them. And it's like, it's such a perfect choice to make there. Yeah. You've gone through all this stuff and then you just pull the sound out and it just gives you this more of like, think there's like, it gives you like a feeling of finality to what just occurred, but also what is waiting. Yeah. Like we, focuses we, we, you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what they do here beautifully by making the choice to pull the sound yeah. and give focus to really what's occurring to Abe and you as a reader are just trapped in and fascinated. And you, you, it's like one of those rare moments that if I was reading this and when reading it this second time, I feel like in a lot of comics with dialogue, even, even in stuff I love when there's dialogue and you're following that, you can sort of set it down and come back to, it's almost yeah. like there's a placeholder, right? Through yeah. dialogue. You can find a part where you go, Oh, I can walk away and I'll come back or like a cliffhanger. This was like, I can't, all yeah, the silence. I was like, see. I got it. I just had to keep going because, as you just said, it was so. There's such a focal point to it. Yeah. Um. But I. I don't and know. It, the only thing, if anything, it's like it gives me the en- entire thing. 
And like in in the in the back with the sketches again, like Guy Davis was talking about drawing the image of like Mike wanted him to look Abe to look like he's sinking. And the first version he drew, he Mike said that it looked like he had gotten hit by a truck. And so (laughs) he had to like redraw that cover with the spear in him and like floating. But like I think that in the comic itself, I think it's very effective how he's like floating, falling down. He almost looks like a leaf like falling out of a tree in the fall or something like that. And then once he's like floating, he's towards this structure. He's not like swimming. He's just kind of being pulled by his like chest almost is like leading him. Yeah. Inexplicably. He's just like going. He's being like propelled and like compelled to move without knowing what's moving him. And yeah, so it's really I think that that's really accomplished in this whole thing. And I can like hear the only thing I hear is like that muffled underwater sound. And when I'm looking at this, yes, like, and it's never said, it's never like implied that that's the sound, but with anything other than the setting and like, I guess the scuba suit, I always think about that. Like when you see a scuba suit in a movie or something, it's like, has that like a bubble, but then otherwise it's just that, like the sound of like your ears being like compressed. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. It's Uh, just really neat. I a hundred percent. And speaking of that, I think my, my first pick for favorite, I really love just that because you were really pointing out and I think you're a hundred percent right, Kate, of how much that he's just floating and driven by his chest. That first giant panel of just yeah. the struct the underwater structure and him just very small getting pulled toward it. Just that immediacy of like the scale that we're getting. Yeah. It gives it such like, again, it, it, it just opens this whole world. It's, it's like almost an ancient buried civilization. And like, it gives you all this history with like a panel. Yeah. It's almost reminiscent to me of like the first time we saw the aliens that we still haven't had a lot of information yeah. of in the first seat of destruction. Yeah. It gives you so much so quickly, but not the full story. And just gets your imagination running. Just know that they're there the whole time. Yeah. And that's what this is. Like, this thing has existed in the world the entire time. Yeah. For just like millennia. Ugh. It's really cool. And I think the second, it's hard to choose a panel, but the whole underwater stuff with the, yeah. the soup. But I think, I think the, um, I would guess this is call now that I'm looking at it again. Probably. You well, see if his you look eye in, the, in his the, hair. Yeah. Yeah, I would guess that is called. You're probably right. Yeah. What else, why else would he be driven to it? Two, yeah. two parts He's of like himself. to it. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> like it's, uh, it's such good storytelling. Yeah, it's really cool. I love. I like this limited light too from <sighs> his helmet. Like yeah. it only goes out so far and then it's like so deep and so dark under there that it like stops it. And it makes the light really finite. It's really cool. And that's achieved by Dave Stewart's coloring. It's yeah, dude. brilliant. And I, I love the panel where he's just standing in front of the, the um, cocoon of the cocoon like rock of the creature. That I just think nails everything. This whole, these two pages is just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And then I think, I don't know, my third pick for it would probably be. Because I said I was going to pick three, so I'm sticking <laughs> to it. Uh, <laughs> which maybe not be smart. Because everything's just gorgeous. I'm, I'm just going to, overall, I just think, again, it just shows this team. I think as a team, the, the, the blackout and the choices of using black panels, which is coming from most likely Mignola's script, then Guy Davis's choice to do these these figures in 
in just sketches, yeah. just the, the simplest line, a lot of lines, but simple, giving that idea of you fading and not really knowing your yeah, place. Yeah, you get a real sense of feeling of like losing and regaining consciousness throughout this whole thing. Yeah, and then you add Dave Stewart's color to that, and it just completely, it's like if that's your vision, it's like we're getting that real sense of atmosphere in just black panels and a little, very little dialogue as well as very little in images. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. But that, uh, and again, that's a team effort. That's not just calling out like one thing or like, well, this yeah. is great colors from this. It's like that only comes because this they built from script to through. Yeah. Yeah. I'm any favorites from yours that I, I think I agree. I think that sequence of like him blacking out after they combine is really great. Even though it's like, like you said, like it's mostly blackness, but it's just the timing of it is really cool. And you don't see uh, something like that depicted all the time in comics. Like some, like people will get knocked out and then they'll wake up. But like having like, like attempting to convey that feeling I think they accomplished it really well. It's like really cool. I also love Johan as a fucking skeleton dog. <laughs> yes. I think it's really funny. Like all of his lines are so um, serious too. And it's like, he's only sleeping. Like I imagine yeah. out of this like goofy looking <laughs> dead mutt. It's very, very great. I agree. I agree. It's so good. Ugh. It's just full. This thing is just full and it rich. Rolled. I don't know. Anything else from you? I mean, just I still am not 100% sure what's going on. Like, I wonder if they'll expand on it in the next one. Like, if Abe will talk about what he saw or like, I'm interested to see how he goes forward with the information that he has about himself now. I would agree. Yeah. This would left would have left me, and it leaves me right now because I haven't read the BPRDs. Same with you, Kate. This is the one thing for the show that we are actually experiencing for the first time together, which is fucking yeah. awesome. Um, and which I love is yeah, that that lack that lack of information that you so crave. Yeah. <laughs> it's like giving you just enough, like a little bit more, a little bit more, but still enough to be like, well, I want to buy a hundred more comics. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait for the next storyline. Yeah. Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> it keeps you in by like having these great characters and having these great moments between the characters and also with like amazing art from such a good crew. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some of the best of all time. <laughs> um, any suggestions? Uh, that are inspired by this last chapter five and then this moment for our, our readers to to read, watch, enjoy. I guess I have to watch 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I'd like to watch it again. And yeah. I suggest to people. I just yeah. remember the squid sequence being very uh, early special clips. effects of Kurt Douglas and the crew fighting that squid. And Captain Nemo is a fascinating character because he's sort of insane. They loved, you know... It's like Captain Nemo, Captain Ahab. There was Ahab. It was wait, a, is Ahab? Ahab is Ahab's is Moby Dick. Moby Dick. Okay, great. They loved having just a crazy guy who was out on the sea, married to the sea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to suggest in addition to that, because something that is actually inspired and takes from Twenty Thousand Under Leagues. If you haven't read The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the original by Alan Moore, the movie is not good. It's a very poor adaptation. Yeah. But if you pick up, I think him and um, guy, if you could look up the artist, yeah. I'm forgetting the artist right now because I really like his art and I think it's perfect for that comic book. Um, 
You can get really deep into Alan Moore because Alan Moore is so eccentric. Kevin O'Neill. Yes. Kevin O'Neill's work on those art-wise is fucking brilliant. You should at least read the first two storylines. They are absolutely some of the best comic books uh, out there. They're such extraordinary storytelling and sense of pulling these old... Um, British characters and putting them together similar to the, like what you did when the Avengers got together. Like you go, well, how the hell would this work? And they made it work. He does that with all these insane characters from old. It looks great. British um, novels and, awesome. and pop, you know, old pop, pop characters in a sense is what maybe there would be called at that in the time they were released. Yeah. But um, it's a brilliant, if you haven't read it, you can borrow it, Kate. Um, sure. I highly suggest that it gets insane after those first two. I even have a hard time getting through all of it because Alan Moore is again so eccentric. He's like a madman, dude. Have He's you ever truly. seen an interview with him? He's I've like seen a, a couple. Wizard. Yes, he he's got a like wizard. a ring on every finger and like this crazy hair. And he's the worst curmudgeon too. He like yeah. he. Here's the thing: is he is one of one of the gifts of comic books of all time. But then he also. He's too self-aware of that knowledge. So he comes yeah. off such like a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, I love hate Alan Moore. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I want you to stuff not love yourself then, as much. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like hard to be around, you know? Totally. It's like, I just asked you if you want a sandwich. Can you just be normal for a five fucking seconds? Yeah. And he hate. Stop he, lighting candles. <laughs> <laughs> he recently released like a, a, a part of an interview I read of him hating Watchmen. Thinking, I had heard that he hated the movie. Well, even he oh, thinks comic? he thinks that his creation wasn't was interpreted wrong from the get go. That instead of being something that sort of in a, in the sense, what I got, and I I could be butchering what his words because he is in another realm of mine mentally. But in a sense, he's saying that his deconstruction of it, he wanted it almost to end comic like superhero comics right? versus a lot of people have just like jumped on that and it created more used it to just flesh out, um, superhero comics. Yes. Instead, and and I'm, like at the same time, darker. I'm just like, I think you're wrong either way. Like you did do the, what you thought. I mean, I that's think. very egotistical to be like, this will be the end of that genre. I think he is that though. Yeah. He's probably. very much like a, I'm, the gift to all of us and I'm going to, I did, I did this. You can't achieve it. I mean, there's spark of crazy to be great sometimes. Yeah. Some people. Have you ever read his miracle man? No, it's very good. I mean, he loves, I'm going to tell you right now. I think the only thing of his, I have, well, I read Watchmen and I read some swamp. His swamp thing is brilliant, but that's kind of it. His miracle man is brilliant. And then Neil Gaiman took over. Grant Morrison was supposed to take over, but apparently the only reason Grant Morrison didn't is that Alan Moore wrote him such a nasty letter against it. Jeez. And it's just like, all right, get over yourself. Like other people have the same access to genius as you do right, <laughs> you know right. What I mean? you're not the only one the <laughs> only like heavy hitter it's very he's a fascinating figure he'll go down and what is always one of the greats yeah but definitely read league of extraordinary gentlemen i think Sweet. it is a read be aware that he is obsessed with anal rape yeah i, I feel like every story about line, this one like fairy tale interpretation that he did that was like basically porn Oh yeah, there's one where he does um, the whatever ladies. It's literally like Little Mermaid, Alice in Wonderland, somebody else, and it's straight up just like him. He's become like an old man. Like everything has to do with demonic fucking sex or some sort of fantastic fiction. Is that it? I don't know. There's it? one where like 
little women or fucking um, not little women. That's fucking a classic novel. Uh, that's clean. <laughs> I googled Alan Moore women, and the first thing that came up was Alan Moore's misogynistic legacy. <laughs> I'm not surprised. He does have a little bit. of He that scripts a lot of violence against women. I would say. But yeah. so do people in comics in general. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, the culture has changed. Yeah. Um, he's just of an older generation, unfortunately. But again, I mean, there's other people at the forefront currently than not him. Most of his stuff is... Lost Girls. Lost Girls yeah, is what it is. It's it fucking... Is. I haven't read it, but what I've heard of it is just what you just described. It's like an old man just wanted to make right pornography. I gotta see... But again, if- I've never read it, so that is an, an un an uneducated assessment of the actual piece. I don't see it on Hoopla. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. It's probably very much considered an adult section. At my Dark Horse comics, I remember the adult section behind the counter. I always looked in it like a little, I was a little little Mormon boy. Like oh, it very does that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, though. I'll go ahead and borrow that. Yeah, definitely read that. Let me know what you think. But that's Sweet. what I have to say for that. And then check Sweet. out those other movies that we referenced for this episode. Yeah. Anything else from you for them to check out? Oh, I guess I have read V for Vendetta. I guess I read a lot more of Alan Moore than I thought. Yeah, I he has great. There's greats that yeah. he will always be attached to. Yeah. What else is like? No, not really. Like nothing like steampunky. If there's anything that like listeners know of that's like cool intro to steampunk kind of shit, that would be neat. You know, what's funny to me is like steampunk. Steampunk's funny. Like the idea of like Victorian era characters having all of these like cogs and machinery is like they did make they did have that. Like they were obsessed with like little machines, but they would cover it up like craftsmen and people who were like making those machines would. Uh They would never like want to show you the cogs and like the inner workings of machinery back then, like just design wise. It's it's like funny that that would come out of the Victor, like uh, become steampunk, like that idea of like seeing all of these like clockwork machines. But like if they were in like the Victorian era, like they were obsessed with making it look like it was one piece, like you would never see any of right. The you don't want to see the and seams. whistles and shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just funny. I don't know. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I it's love just that. neat. I forget who, uh, like, uh, one of my, one of my like sculpture teachers was talking about that shit. Well, that's amazing. Good stuff. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, this so was so like, no. Sorry for that rant. No, that's fine. These rants are what this <laughs> show's about. But I do think this was a fascinating and wonderful read, uh, *Plague of Frogs*, for the first storyline, full storyline in a sense, beyond past Hollow Earth. Yeah, kicking off like a full run for these is just it was a great start. Can't wait to read more of it. It's so cool. Very good. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And when we get back, we're going to tell you all about our first giveaway, which will be going live tomorrow morning. We'll be back. Yeah. TMZ. E. MTV. Refinery29. What do all these companies have in common? They bring you celebrity news and they didn't hire me. You know I had to do it to them. That's what I bring to you Extra Extra on Campfire Media Podcasting Network. Extra Extra is a hot buffet of all the delicious celebrity news and gossip you want and need. According to me, because my opinion is the only one that matters, obviously, tune in every Tuesday as my guests and I share our unwanted and unfiltered opinions on all your favorite celebs. No celeb is safe. I'm looking at you, Mila Kunis. Listen now, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Welcome back to Aw Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. And we're back (laughs) for our first ever segment that we're going to call, off the top of my head, (laughs) Hell of a Giveaway. (laughs) We just need to put hell into all of our segment titles. Listen, these are well thought out. (laughs) Don't Um, reveal that it's off the top of your head. Why? Yeah, it's fine. You can. There's a lot of other ones I've gotten thought into. If anything, this they'll just forgive really, us. They'll be like, oh, they're just making it up. Just making it up. But we well, did have this idea for we did have a idea. long time. Yes. We've, we've been had, thinking about doing this. We've been sitting on this. Once we met Mr. Mignol himself, we decided, yeah. you know what? We want to give back to the world and all the fans of Hellboy. the people who weren't able to go to LA or, you know, stand Or maybe, ne- maybe they don't even have a chance ever to meet the guy. Yeah. We want to give you some, some swag in a sense, but this isn't swag. In the normal sense. So what were... <laughs> first, let me tell you about the prize in yeah. this giveaway. There's going to be two things we're going to be willing to ship to you. The, f- the first one from our friends from Mostly Fantasy. That is Tom Most. Check out MostlyFantasy.com for all his great work in sculpting, molding, casting, painting, scanning, 3D printing. It's he really sent us cool some shit. gifts. We were like, we want to share the wealth because we yeah. can't keep it all. We have a magnet, which is the head of the Angel of Death from Hellboy, the Golden Army. It's like an awesome sculpt of it. It's so detailed and cool. And yeah, stick that right on the fridge, baby. Protect yeah. your <laughs> protect your like frozen Pro- things. Yeah, protect your frozen things with the, <laughs> the Angel of Death. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll like flip upside down or something when things go rotten. Yeah. You never know. The, when the ice cream's melting. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fucking cool. And it's like pretty big it's at least like four inches it's like pretty much like four by four square i would say at least totally and so you can see like all this cool detail of all the teeth and like the cracked skin and it's really neat so yeah you guys want this shit you definitely want this on your fridge or whatever metal surface you want to or your locker yeah oh your locker (laughs) love it you got a locker (laughs) i don't know (laughs) hey if they have lockers they have lockers hey Um, so we want to send that to you. And then in addition to that, um, we want to give the winner of this giveaway and we'll get to those rules in a moment. But the, the big gift that we want to give away is Hellboy in Hell issue number one. It's a single issue with Mike Mignola's signature on the cover. Um, this is something that I got, I purchased at, um, earth Two comics on the day that we met Mike Mignola and he was I think this happened to a lot of cool, uh, cool people that made it out because I say cool people because we were all cool because we love uh, Mike Mignola. But it, Mike right. Mignola was such a friendly guy that when the workers of Earth 2 Comics weren't looking, he, he was like, you got extra stuff in your hand? I'll sign it for you. Yeah, he so, just was like cool <laughs> and signed a bunch more things than we were told that he was going to sign. So we kind of want to share the wealth. And yeah, if you like. And this is this is like, so it's not the... It's Hellboy and Hell, but that was published this year, right? Like this variant cover. Or no, something? this is this, oh, this is, is like, not okay, a variant okay. cover. This is an original, and part of the original publishing. Sweet. You're thinking of the Seed of Destruction that they re- oh, released. Oh yes, yes, yes. They, I knew um, they had something that was. This like. has this was published. This has Hellboy in Hell number one, December 2012. Oh okay. So this is this is part of the original release run. Sweet. So. It's very cool. It's gorgeous. Kate has not read this yet. No. And she's, we'll, we'll make it there one That's day, why but I it's beautiful. 
Um, <laughs> that's all good. So it's Hellboy it's in, very, in Hell. It's pretty much new shape. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's in a, you know, we got it boarded and bagged here. It's in good shape. Oh, it's in great shape. It's not like um, rated. Have you no, ever done we're not, that? Have I've never rated. I probably never will. Rated? Have you? No. I'm I not, wonder what I'm the not, process is. I'm curious about it. That's a good, yeah. Somebody, I got a couple books that maybe I should do that to. That'd be cool to do. <sighs> but you know what? I'm not, I'm not that, I'm a different kind of collector. I, yeah. do, I collect for myself, not for the, for that. Maybe True. that will change one day when I'm in dire straits. Yeah. <laughs> right. But we really want to give you all out there the chance to win in our giveaway, this Hellboy in Hell issue one with Mike Mignola's signature, along with this Angel of Death magnet. It's freaking sweet. We'll post a picture of both of these together stuff. tomorrow. That will be Thursday June 27th. That's when um, the giveaway will become active. It will, the entry um, deadline is one week from the 27th. So you have until 4th of, of July, literally, I'm going to give it a cutoff as soon as it hits midnight on the 4th of July, meaning you have up until that Wednesday until 11.59 of okay, July so the, 3rd. When it becomes the 4th of July on Independence Day, you're yeah, done. You're done. You go, Don't try to you come cannot. in here on the 4th. Because <laughs> one, I'm not going to be online on the 4th of July. I'm no. going to be out of town, hanging out with my family. Drinking a beer <laughs> and watching the fireworks get yeah. shot into the American air. <laughs> <laughs> so you got until, until 11.59 July 3rd to enter the giveaway. Sweet. Now how this is going to work is that we're going to post a picture of these two items on our Instagram feed. In order to just immediately be entered into the raffle that could win you these prizes, and then we'll ship them to you. You don't have to pay for the shipping. We will. All you have to do <laughs> is you have to, one, you have to be a follower of our Instagram account. Yeah. Then you have to like the post. Yeah. So if you do that, if, if you like it, we double check and you are a follower of us, you immediately will be entered into the raffle. Sweet. That's it. And then- after we collect them after the third and we do the we run it through a, a randomizer, we'll we'll pick that person. Sweet. But if you want the chance to be entered in the raffle two additional times. So if you you already have the one, all you gotta do is follow us on Instagram, like the post, you're entered in the giveaway to to win it. If you want two additional times that your name is in the raffle, yeah, all you gotta do is go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Sweet. Now I'm not asking. I'm not asking for a five-star review. I'm giving an honest review. You can give us one star if that's genuinely where if your heart is. What your heart I hope to God it's you, not. <laughs> but if you think that the people who want to give you a signed copy of a Mike Mignola comic book that we stood in line for hours for and have a passionate podcast about deserve a one-star review... Hey, we'll still enter your name twice because them's the rules. Those the rules. <laughs> but you just just do two things but for us. But don't you though. think we maybe deserve a yeah. two or three at least? Yeah. <laughs> there needs to be a timestamp. So in between Thursday the twenty seventh and July third, you need to make sure you do it so that there's a timestamp yeah. on there. Um, make sure you get that. that do review it like in. sooner than later if you're going to do the review because I know sometimes it there's takes, a delay. There's a delay. They double check them to make sure that they're like not they're not like a psycho like, or something. Yeah, and probably like have language or cruel or yeah. um, bullying anything like that. Don't yeah. bully us. Yeah. Um, but just be sure <laughs> in your in addition to your review, if you can, just make sure you post like your your Instagram handle in there somewhere or your name, just so we can connect that with your other previous entry. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. That's all you have to do. 
um, is again, like. Just be like, like, I'm like Kate Thompson, AKA whatever my Kate fucking drawing. Yeah. iTunes. <laughs> you can't even is. remember it. <laughs> Kate drawing stuff on Instagram. Well, I want you to yeah post your, because it yeah. will have your connection with the Apple. Sometimes those don't match with your Instagram, which yes. we just want to be able to find you quickly. Yeah. Make sure to add your, you know, you don't want to review us for nothing. And then we'll immediately. Except that it helps us. <laughs> yeah. It'll help us. It will help us. It, helps us it will help us. This is all about promotion, but also it's because we love, we love doing this show. We want, along with you that are listening to have more people that enjoy the show, listen along with you. Yeah. And to just reward the people who have listened to it for yes. a shitload of episodes. This is like a cool ass thing. And yeah, man, cause I'll go on record, collect it. Our listeners are bigger fans of Hellboy than us. And we <laughs> yeah. are big fans. We are big fans. Hey, we like it a lot, <laughs> but some of you guys like it a lot, a lot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you deserve this more than us or whatever. As much as us, we stood in line for it. Exactly. Shit. Oh, I mean, we, but we, we, wanna, we went know. for it. Yeah. But I do just want to review the rules real quick. Tomorrow, the post will go live. These rules will be on there. All you have to do is follow our Instagram account, like the post so we can confirm that you follow us as well as you have to like it to be immediately entered in once. If you want an entry into the raffle for two additional times, you're in the in the raffle with your name three times. All you have to do is go on Apple Podcasts, give us a review, and part of your review, just cite your um, Instagram handle name so we can get you in there for three entries into the raffle. Yeah, that's it. We'll give it a week for all the entries to come in. After a week, and once we, me and Kate, meet up after the holiday because it's going through the fourth, and I will be out of town. We'll meet <laughs> up. We'll put those names into a randomizer. Yeah, and then one of you will win these this great prize. It's cool shit. Yeah. So again, that's going to be you can win Hellboy in Hell issue one, signed by Mike Mignola, the man himself. Hellboy's father. <laughs> Hellboy's real father. <laughs> real father. Um, as well as a cool thing from Mostly Fantasy at mostlyfantasy.com. Tom Most is the owner. Check it out. A uh, cool angel of death magnet, which I think all of you would love. You can check out the Instagram. You'll see the pictures as well. But that's it. Yeah. We, um, that's it. We hope one of you that's one of our big time listeners gets this, um, but it's all random. That's it. Any of you chumps could win it. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Yeah. Again, you can follow us on Instagram at Aw Crap a Hellboy Podcast, Twitter, Aw Crap Hellboy. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. You can email us about this week's issue um, and everything that you, or anything you want to email us about. Ask us questions, um, your thoughts on anything we've read up to this point. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Plague of Frogs, though, especially Chapter 5 at Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. Go be part of that giveaway, and we love you. Hey, I'm Steph Garcia, host of That's My Story, Period, a compilation of hilarious stories from people who happen to get a period. We've had stories about losing teeth, tampons on basketball courts, and even a little taste of Hollywood. I also interview some guests to give you, and me, even more menstruation knowledge. So check out That's My Story Period on Campfire Media, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can have that time of the month all month long. Campfire.